Welcome back to the Chris Lockwood Podcast. I am your host, Chris Lockwood. And this is part two of Danielle Pratt and her journey with Lyme disease. Now, if you know anybody that has Lyme disease or you have it yourself, I would encourage you to go back and listen to part one. Um, and then come back to part two, as I'm sure you'll find it encouraging, hopefully helpful and insightful as well. Now, if you're new to the Chris Lockwood podcast, the point of this podcast is to inspire you, to encourage you, to build up your faith, to point you towards hope, to help you recognize that you, me, we are all image bearers of God. And I don't believe God wasted his time in creating us so that we would live mundane, gross, half-hearted, broken lives. And I believe, if you want me to get really honest, I believe that that was the whole point of Jesus. Here's a guy that came, lived a perfect life, died, death can't hold him in the grave. He comes up and he says, hey, if I can do that, I can help you. And that is the whole point of the gospel, is if you feel lost, broken, insecure, if you're one of the many taking antidepressants, uh, struggling with depression, anxiety, and considering suicide— then please, for the love of God, consider Jesus. Consider a church. Uh, and if you don't want to go to church, if you feel like that's not your place and you don't feel like you belong there, then one, please find someone. Find a friend that you trust. Find a family member you trust. Find a group, an AA group, a suicide hotline, something. Someone to talk to, one. And also, stick around for the Chris Lockwood podcast. I think you'll find it hopeful and hopefully encouraging to you as well. Danielle Pratt, I have not really spent any time with her or her husband or our families with their family outside of this podcast, but I love these people. I love their perspective on life. I love how hopeful they are as they face hell, and so hopefully you'll stick around, listen through the end. Also consider the fact that God is taking them on a remarkable journey around the world as they fight this. And so even in your most difficult, frantic, frustrating, horrible times in life, God tends to also bless us in the most unusual, unforeseen ways. So enough of me. It is my pleasure to give you part two of Miss Danielle Pratt and her husband, Corey Pratt. Enjoy. So you go to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And you're there just to kind of like relax, you know, get your body to relax. And yeah, we went on one-way tickets. We each had a suitcase of clothes. We took a Vitamix and a pressure cooker. I like it. <laughs> that I was like literally it. like our, <laughs> our SOS bag. And uh, we showed up and we stayed. Corey's grandfather had passed away. And we got to stay at his house for almost a month. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um. And there was very little furniture, but we didn't care because the seizures stopped. Yeah. And that meant the pain stopped. Interesting. Yeah. Did, did someone advise you guys to find warm climate, or did, was it just kind of a wild sort we of, just let's knew, see if this works? Yeah, I did well there before, and yeah. we're like, I mean, at this point, we have nothing to lose, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we left all the animals, the ranch, everything that I mean all the the kids opened Christmas presents and we flew so the time frame seizures start Christmas Eve and we flew out New Year's Day New Year's morning so we had eight nights of seizures are you you guys selling like is it that kind of leaving kind of we didn't know yeah we didn't know yeah yeah. but it was hard because we had been remodeling and um I grew up contractor's daughter right so we would build a home live in it two years um decorate, do landscaping, turn around and sell it. 
like it was never really done until we moved type mm -hmm. thing because you're living mm -hmm. in it you have time to install and this is your first time to kind of enjoy so, it yeah. yeah so Corey and i are doing this and um we're enjoying remodeling we love design and decorating and all that and i had joked around with him like hey like can we stay here for a while and really enjoy this let's not move the second it's done and christmas eve day Corey's hanging like he's putting the last of the door hardware on like, you know, we had new doors. We just had the house, like, we were painting, and we'd done most of it ourselves. And yeah. so um, we, you know, he's putting the last finishing touches on so that, you know, we can open our home again and people have a walking bathroom door. And I literally <laughs> was like, oh, my gosh, like, that just happened. Yeah. We are now, we left. And and I, to this day, have never walked back in that home. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so that's been hard. Yeah. So you guys yeah. ended up staying in Hawaii we didn't yeah we didn't really know how to come back we ended up uh renting the house on our ranch out um the house and guest house we had two they were both rented out and we had parted off the livestock some went to butcher and still had a horse there and my parents were taking care of the dog so mm -hmm. we were in hawaii huh. how long like i guess two about two total years mm -hmm. yeah bouncing from Furnished vacation rental to furnished vacation rental. Um, because, again, we have a Vitamix and a pressure cooker. <laughs> what else do you need? <laughs> a bathing suit. That's your about set, right? That's what my grandma would say. So, um, yeah, yeah, and during that time, we had, uh, um, you know, worked towards selling the house. And uh, when that was coming to a close and Danielle seemed to be doing better, we um, kind of on a sense of a wild hair, I guess, but also something that Daniel's always wanted to do was travel the U.S. in an RV. Um, and so, you know, around July time frame, so we'd been in Hawaii for seven months. Um, you know, we, we ended up purchasing an RV and flying back. Um, this was also a little bit of it was an experiment to see, you know, I mean, she's been doing great for the last seven months. I mean, um, you know, we're still kind of seeing a doctor in Hawaii. We found a, a natural path um, MD that was helping her with with some things there and um, just kind of more or less maintenance, I suppose. Um, so, you know, we got an RV and <clears throat> flew back to the mainland um, and, and started off on our on our RV trip, which lasted five months, um, four, I guess, until, you know, the seizures kind of came raging back again around the, the Christmas time. Happened to be Christmas Eve the um, next year, yeah. ironically enough. Right around that time. And, and this is this is two years later? Is that right? No, this is... Th this, this is the next Christmas. Yeah, okay, okay, next, okay. This so is within the next year. It was halfway through our time mm -hmm. in Hawaii. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. So, because so, the doctor was like, he filled me up on iron. He's mm -hmm. like, you know, things are looking pretty good. You're doing well here. Like, I shouldn't... Like, I think if you guys are going to do this, you should do it now. I shouldn't have to see you for four to five months. Well, and he was, he was, uh, I had like lab requisition forms with us on the RV trip so that I would, we'd stop at a lab and we'd check my iron and see how I'm doing. And we were like, you know, worst case scenario, it's, it's a flight away. Mm -hmm. We just mm -hmm. go back. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a bucket list item for me. It was kind yeah. of like, well, we don't know, but I'm doing okay. And, but that, that kind of solidified our, um, you know, I mean, that was at that point it was saying, I, I mean, why she seems to do the best there yeah. so you know we 
had we started dealing with the seizures again and and that was in palm springs like we're mm-hmm. not somewhere freezing cold like bend yeah. oregon you know we're like it was like 55 60 it was cold for there and windy yeah but the seizures started again so then we're like maybe it's not the heat maybe it's the humidity because bend oregon everyone thinks oregon is moist Could it be. is in the valley but it's the stress dry. of the travel also or that have anything to do i mean stress adds to it for well, sure yeah. you know yeah it, it wasn't a stressful trip by any means. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah but, um, but really, I mean, that, yeah. that, you know, I, I mean, we had to make that decision again. We didn't, she didn't make it back to Bend. We were at my mm-hmm. aunt and uncle's house in um, the Pasadena area, and we literally put her and my oldest daughter on a, on a plane to Hawaii, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and that was, again, that was like New Year's Eve day. Mm-hmm. And you know, flew around. It was literally LAX like a deja and, vu. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we're like, what is going on? Yeah. And I never had another seizure. Mm-hmm. The pain went away about five days later in full. I would say the pain goes away. Wow. The pain isn't instant, the seizures are. So, but on our trip, we came through Franklin, Tennessee, where mm-hmm. we knew one person. Um, <laughs> where did y'all start? Where did, the, where did you pick up the RV? Bend, Oregon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. We went north. We were constantly running from cold. Like, it yeah. happened to be the year that, like, Glacier National Park got snow 60 days early. Uh, it was our son's birthday, and it's, like, mm-hmm. snowing. And we're like, what is going on? So we knew that I shouldn't be in the cold, so we're running from the cold. Yeah, so it yeah. altered our trip, but we had an amazing, amazing trip. Yeah. And Corey was still working full-time, and we were still doing school full-time. So it was, it was a... It was a vacation kind of trip, but a working one, you know? Yeah. But we got to see and learn and explore so much history that this country is so rich in. <laughs> I, I mean, it's funny that that's become like the bucket list of everybody, you know? And like, I've noticed like even my wife wants to do that. Yeah. But I've heard so many other people mm-hmm. say that. It's one know? of those things to just, I mean, I know not everyone can just drop that, you know, through a course of... God's goodness, really, and what we were thinking, this is, like, the worst timing ever. Like, Corey gets a standing ovation at work one day, and the next day, the company lays every employee off. Like, super bizarre. But now, looking back, we're like, he was supposed to be working at home because Mm -hmm. little did we know I would have these days coming where I couldn't get out of bed. Mm -hmm. And I was homeschooling. And so it was like, okay, kids, come to bed, and let's do this for a while, and then go get on your video lectures. And and Corey was home to be super mom and super dad. So... Through the course of things, like Corey is now, you know, works for himself, and then we homeschool the kids so we could do this. But it's a bucket list thing that it should be on everyone's bucket list, and everyone should just figure out a way to make it happen because you'll never regret a second of it. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, until the seizure started. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) So then you moved back for another year. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, and part of our RV trip was like we were literally, again, like just we were praying praying our way through the country like lord if we can't we couldn't see sustaining living in hawaii um because i was very expensive to keep alive thousands and thousands a month um and so all Corey was doing was and working. everything's more expensive right than right right i mean that's what i so hear so expensive yeah. oh it is and so we were like lord where can we live like if we can't stay in hawaii where is it that because we knew bend was out of the question it's yeah. cold there like eight ish months out of the year yeah. really cold for five yeah we had five feet of snow when we left. Like, mm-hmm. it gets cold. And so we're like, where, what can we do? And um, anyways, yeah, Lucy and I end up back in Hawaii. And Corey gets the RV sold. And he and Hayden and Gray end up flying back to us about four or five weeks later. 
and in the meantime, I'm just back seeing my doctor, getting IVs, <clears> and, <throat> um, and enjoying sun as much as we can. <laughs> and is it? I mean, is it pain management? Like, or what? What's happening in in Hawaii? Like, um, he. What exactly? My doctor are you dealing there with? is just he's mostly giving me ferritin. Because we know now, like, you know, it's yeah, Babesia. Okay. This is what is doing this. Um, uh, I mean, so at that point, like, we're back, and we know what I'm fighting. We know there's no known cure. Um, we're trying to, again, stifle it, you mm-hmm. know? Like, how can we keep it? Because Babesia also asexually multiplies within your red blood cells. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're my hair is falling out by the buckets. Um I'm guessing you had to change diet. Did that? Did, did you guys? Yeah, we went on a really like we were strict, uh, more or less. Pa- it was kind of like paleo, uh-huh. but it was. You I were mean, doing almost vegetarian. Though, yeah, you... I was pretty much doing vegetarian, like no gluten, no dairy, no sugars. Uh-huh. We still do no gluten, no dairy, no sugars. Uh-huh. Um, just trying to think about like iron, like if eating. Yeah, more. I mean, you know, we were doing everything, like cast iron skillet, lots of spinach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can take. I can take iron all day, every day, and... It still is not enough. No, yeah. no, and then it actually causes other issues mm-hmm. in, in my body with digestion, so um, the only thing we could find that would work and really raise my levels was these IVs mm-hmm. of iron, or the injections, but... Um, Taking yourself, or do you have to go in for that? Go in, yeah. yeah. So we're doing that, and again, I'm like, there's got to be a cure. Mm. So, um, what happened? Like, again, like I have these brain, brain well, it's issues. It's a lot. I mean, anybody. <laughs> so yeah, we. I'm getting really, really bad. Um, I just remember like laying in the bed and thinking, I don't know if I'm gonna make it through the night. Corey, it's time to call mom and dad. Um, you know who are in Oregon. We're back in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. They're in Oregon, and we. Yeah, the doctor's like, this isn't, this isn't okay. Like, we've got to figure this out. Um, you know, why is your body like? My body basically started kind of having like an allergic reaction to receiving iron. I guess is what I would say. Um, it, it just, it wasn't getting better. It was still disappearing. Mm-hmm. Um, it basically, what you know, they think it's an absorption issue. Um, but that's like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Like, you have to have iron to live. Right, right, and right. So. My dad, he's like, honey, I'm on the phone with him. He's like, honey, in layman's terms, what do you need? And I just remember telling him through tears, like, daddy, I need to dump my red blood cells and get new ones. But I can't do that in the U.S. Like, um, and in the U.S., like, I mean, the Red Cross still wants my blood. I'm like, but I, I have infected red blood cells. I have Babesia. Done can I. Like, it lives in my red cells, and you want them. But we don't test for that in the U.S. So, you know, they're testing for HIV and, you know, a, a few... They're, they're testing for stuff, but not this. So it's it's in our our stores in the U.S. Like, it's in our red, our blood cell storage here. And I'm like, so, Dad, like, I, it's not an option. Like, why would I go swap, you know, swap mine out for some something else? And it's going to be hundreds of thousands here. And um, so, I mean... I've been researching, Corey's been researching, my parents, I mean, his parents, it's been this ongoing thing. My dad calls me back, I guess, a couple days later, and he's like, I found this place in Mexico, and you've got to go. 
I'm like, okay, great. Like, you know, hopeful. And at the same time, really tired of getting my hopes up. And then like a doctor says, oh, I can fix you. I can fix you. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, I can't. Like, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like we get to where you just expire doctors, you know, and, and they're yeah. exhausted clearly. Yeah, and I'm exhausted. And so it's, um, uh, Lyme Mexico clinic. Um, and they own their own private blood bank. The doctor there himself contracted Babesia. And his dad is a leading oncologist and hematologist. Um, you know, ranks up there somewhere pretty high. And he has been Babesia-free now for like four or five years. Because of transfusions? Because his dad is, an, is a hematologist yeah. and works with red cells. And they're not governed like we are mm-hmm. here in the U.S. So... Oh, we're um, not the best country in the world. So, <laughs> we're just always, just you know, it's like as far as technology and medicine is concerned, we're always a bit behind. I don't know if it's because we're so scared if we have too many regulations out there, which I, regulations are good for a of lot course. of things. But, it is interesting that, like, I mean, I, uh, I'm not trying to bash it. This is not a Bash America podcast. But, uh, like, <laughs> I did... Uh, just doing like very minimal research, you find that Americans, America's healthcare system mm-hmm. is way down the list, mm-hmm. which is shocking because you know in America everything's the best in the world and that's what you mm-hmm. hear. But like, like come to find out, we're actually yeah pretty low on the totem pole. You it's know? usually like what what the UK or what Germany like comes out with. I feel like we get it. 10, 15 years-ish later. It's, it's more interesting. mainstream. You probably know more than I do, but it's Well, I don't know. I mean, I haven't... You know, there's things that I can... I feel like I have to major in something that's going to matter. matter. And, yeah, of course. Yeah, and I'm like, well, I can't change You're right, yeah. <laughs> how behind no, we might be or whatever. So, but it is... It's a frustrating thought, yeah. right? So... So you go to Mexico. We go to Mexico. Like, literally talk to the doctor, and he's like, can you be here in three days? And I was like, oh my gosh. No, probably six. I mean, and here we are. We're living in Hawaii. The kids are like... You know they're in school like homeschool but like they have professors yeah, online yeah. and so my dad's like i will come there mom will stay here and work like i'll come take care of the kids you guys get we book tickets and we are there six days later mm-hmm. um and it was it was crazy that was it was crazy. i'd never been to mexico i mean having family in hawaii like you go on a tropical vacation guess where you're going, you know, and you're not going to complain about it. You're in Hawaii. So I'd never been to Mexico. Corey had been on some missions trips in high school. Um, but I'm like, okay, oh my gosh, like, what are we doing? Where are we staying? And it all fell into place so fast. So we get there and, uh, we didn't know how long we'd be there for. We went on one way tickets again, which seems to be our life now. <laughs> yeah. We had a rough idea of how long we might be there, but it was I knew all... it'd be like four ish weeks. Mm-hmm. We ended up being there being six. six yeah. We came back Mother's Day of 2018. Um, so we left in March, got back May, I think it was May 13th, 2018. Like and so, yeah, we've just been home a year. Um, and I had the first two Sundays off. And then after that, we went seven days a week, every day. Um, we really pushed it because we wanted to get back. You know, I'm the, we're there without our kids. Yeah, like, right. Oh my gosh, I've yeah, never yeah. been without like them. Along yeah. with the, like half of me was missing, but at the same time, I knew I was in the best place possible. Yeah. So, um, Dr. Morales, there is, he's on the cutting edge of of something big. Um, wow. And he, I have sixty percent new red blood cells from six different uh, Hispanic men 
down there. Men can give more blood than women. So uh, they specifically, they know every single, like they know the background, they know the history of all of these men. Wow. Um, I mean, they really screen them. They pre-treat the blood, after they know the blood is already disease-free, they pre-treat it just like they were treating my existing blood. Right, right. So before I receive it, they're treating it just in case there's any possible persisting cells of any sort of disease. And then as I'm, as they're taking my blood and I'm receiving this, which I did uh, 10% at a time. So when I say I have 60% new, I would get, I got six different bags of blood. Um, so they're removing yours while they're pumping yes. you in? Yep. Wow. Yeah. And, and then you receive it and then you're treating it five more times before you leave that night. So it, while it's all, you know, circulating God bless you. through your body. So I had a port placed. I went under my first surgery when we got there and I had a port placed in my, what is this? Jugular. Jugular. It was horrible. Like every pulse you would feel this port like. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but so I had my first actually going under surgery in Mexico, and I was... Probably the last place in the world you thought you would go under surgery. In yeah. Mexico, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet, I felt like I was in wonderful hands the whole time. That's great. Um, it's the, the clinic in Mexico that I was treated at. It shares a wall with the hospital. Oh, wow. And they're just... They were wonderful. They're wonderful. But we have nothing poor to say about... The hospital in Germany or Mexico, yeah. we were treated so amazingly. They will take their time and talk to you, and um, I—they're just—they're not afraid of looking outside the box right. and really figuring out. I mean, in in Mexico, in Germany, everyone's undergoing the same <clears throat> protocol, so that's—it's more like a standardized treatment. Mm-hmm. In Mexico, everyone is receiving a specific protocol for their body. We're mm-hmm. all like, I'm sitting. There's six recliners. Six like recliners in the six or eight, six to eight in the you know the treatment room, and um, everyone's undergoing some different treatment. It's all for Lyme. Um, he would treat yeah, yeah, Lyme, babesic, Lyme co-infections. I should say there were a couple people who went in with cancer, some yeah. cancer-related things, um, but you're all getting you know different doses, and he's he's sitting down with you every other day and like. How are you responding to this? And then altering your your treatments. And I mean, I, I underwent eight rounds of chemo. It's a low-dose chemo, but chemo nonetheless. And um, that they use down there to, again, kill persister cells after you receive the blood. And mm-hmm. um, he's created these machines and these treatments where he pulls out, like, he pulls out portions of your blood and spins it down to red cells separated from white cells separated from plasma separated from platelets and then he's like creating he's created these things these concoctions where he treats your platelets and then through a series of injections you get them back in your stomach and it like attacks the diseased cells and it's insane wrap my head around that. yeah i had um one of the things when i was getting my treat my uh port placed i asked to have my bone marrow biopsy right then and because um, I wanted to make sure that you know see if my bone marrow was infected with Lyme and that's the only place they still found Lyme disease after the treatment in Germany so we've since learned that um, the spirochetes can hide up in your bone marrow and not be killed by the Jeez. heat yeah. so again he being in Mexico he was able to target all the Lyme disease in my bone marrow um, 
you know, knowing that was there was really helpful because that's just going to keep, it's going to create another army Mm -hmm. that we Mm -hmm. almost eradicated in Germany. So yeah, it was a whirlwind and it would have been, you know, many, many, I can't even contemplate how many, many times the thousands that we spent in Mexico, which was already a lot, just, you know, if we were doing it in the U.S. and could have even found someone to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. We, we knew that the likelihood of me having to go back was pretty high. Yeah. Um, I, was, um, I was a very sick case down there, but um, they did as much as they could when I was there. Like receiving 60% new red cells is... Which essentially was to help with the iron supply or like what exactly, what, well, was that, would that kind of... The, the idea is that, you know, the... They're pumping her full of antibiotics to kill stuff off. Mm-hmm. Um, but they know that at the rate that it multiplies, um, you know, you just can't really keep up with it with antibiotics. So by removing red blood cells and giving you new red blood cells, it takes that much more out of your body and also gives your body's immune system a chance to fight lower numbers mm, okay so it's also a, like a longer term um look at it so that you know once you leave and you're no longer on the iv antibiotics and things like that your body has a chance to to hopefully keep up yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, they're building my immune system like, at almost the like same a time borderline minimal reset kind of thing in a sense right? yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so i mean yeah they're trying to <clears throat> get rid of as much of my red blood cells that are diseased already because that's where the Babesia lives they're taking those and I mean just getting rid of them mm-hmm. you know they're not going to be treated and given to someone else they're just mm-hmm. getting rid of that and then I'm receiving the new red cells which you know are then in circulation in my body so the next time they're pulling them out you know you're getting some of the new cells as well mm-hmm. that they're pulling out there's no way of really fully knowing but yeah the goal like Corey said is that each time I have less and less of these diseased cells so we know that I, they wanted me back before the first of this last year, but the expense of that, we, we had to leave Hawaii and get somewhere where we could afford to live better so that we can save to get me yeah. back there yeah, again. Yeah. So I haven't been back by the first of the year like I was supposed to be, um, but that is... But you are working towards that still? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, but unfortunately, um, we didn't know how cold it would be here. <laughs> the wet cold. Is what we weren't expecting and yeah. mm-hmm. the Nashville area like mm-hmm. even though it doesn't get as cold as other places that we've lived um, the it's wet weird. cold goes to your bones yeah we go through uh, we go through different um, like cycles like there's there's been years where it's been freezing and snowed like crazy mm-hmm. and there was two or three years ago where it was it felt borderline like spring the entire time mm-hmm. and so you just you never know what it's yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah, the doctors I mean, and, thought it was over. They thought that yeah. the, the, the seizure should, that was in, should be passed. Yeah. Like we weren't trying to we be had, foolish. We had thought that too, and, and I mean, there's all—it's always in the back of your head. But it, I mean, so much of our life has seemed like kind of an experiment in sorts. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, we we came here knowing that you know purchasing a home in Hawaii or even affording to rent long term is is not real sustainable. Um, and it's not for a lot of families in general, but, mm-hmm. um, especially with the health. Thing yeah. So, you know, we, we came here thinking, well, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll see. And, um, you know, I mean, we unfortunately have met some of the same pain and seizures when it's colder and, and, you know, I think it, 
uh, at the same time confirms more of our suspicions that it's very much climate based. Um, you know, I think what two weeks ago we had a cold snap of 40 degrees and those two days she was in pain and and nearing the seizure thing and then as it gets back up into the 75 80 there it's gone and you know it's uh it's an odd thing you know and and what do you do right i mean anywhere that's a temperate climate expensive, is expensive yeah. um, and that's a that's a hard hard reality uh, and we're, we have kids that are the ages where it's like you know our oldest is only home for three more years mm-hmm. yeah. and so we don't really I mean if that's what we have to do we'll do it you know but like we'd really like to be somewhere where we can put roots down and yeah. and where he you know has like built in his youth group and his you know in Hawaii they were competitive paddling outrigger canoe paddling mm-hmm. and you know so we've just yanked them away from all of this again right mm-hmm. and um which I know life's not fair, but it just doesn't seem, you know, like I wrestle with like, oh, but this isn't fair to do to them. Yeah. You know, have they handled it with grace? Yes. More than they, more than we deserve to have. Yeah. Them. Yeah. They really have. And at the same time, we know it hurts. Yeah, like we'll course. find, we'll find an emotional Lucy. Like she doesn't try to let us see her cry, but we know the tears are there. Mm-hmm. And Hayden, uh, he, he's so strong and has such a sensitive heart to me. Um, but it's hard. Like Gray, our little one, she'll come in and be like, "Brother's scared, mom. You know, he's he's worried about you." And that's coming from the eight-year-old who's like, "Brother, what's wrong? You know, I'm just worried about mom." Yeah. You know, and um, they they act they act so much tougher than you know they've got to be yeah, feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. But again, it's that like, I think God's imparted to them an extra amount of strength to get through this. So the, the, the transfusions were how long ago? Uh, that that was, was like last year? March through May 15th. Okay. Yeah. And then you guys immediately went back to Hawaii and then moved here? Is that okay? We went back to Hawaii and... After Mexico. Yeah, after Mexico. And we didn't... So we went <clears> back May 13th. We arrived back, surprised the kids. Kind of just they woke to text that morning saying, come pick us up at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> we're on our way home because we never really knew when my last day of treatment would yeah. be. Um, and so we, yeah, got back and then, uh, they did another paddling season and so did Corey. Um, and everyone thrived off of that just, mm-hmm. you know, and then I did too, cause I was on the same beach six to seven days a week, like able to rest and recover. Um, cause my treatment was very ongoing for mm-hmm. six months after we got mm-hmm. back. Corey was giving me, uh, like five or six injections in my arms each morning and then uh, injections in my stomach. Uh, once or twice a week for months um, and like you get back and you just sleep like I just felt so heavy and like I just needed to sleep forever and so um, Corey's mom then came and like kind of she helped with some meals and stuff you know to just try to yeah. I had a, oh, it's a lot to go through yeah I mean, I I mean what a godsend your yours and his parents are too you know oh it was yeah huge and mm-hmm. they it was thankfully Corey's parents are retired and mine aren't so there was a little more freedom on one uh, side than the other but they all sacrificed yeah, a lot to yeah. to get us there and so yeah. and then my mom was flying in once a month to give um to give me ivig which is like i was receiving 130 people's immune systems every month because i had no no immune system and so how am i supposed to fight 
this disease that we know we haven't completely eradicated and without an immune system. What is the, the one that you're dealing with this evening, the iron is called what? Babesia. Babesia, mm-hmm. okay. And that one, you say, I read you say uh, it can stop your heart. Mm-hmm. Unless you find it, would it like, like, is that just due to the iron, the lack of iron? Is it like, and or, it, yeah. or is there more of a... I, I'd have to do some more reading on it um, because I don't, like, some days I can recall and recite yeah, yeah. every statistic possible for you and then some I can't. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it gets into, I mean, you have red blood cells pumping through your heart all the time. So, um, but it can literally just, eventually it shuts you down. Yeah. Basically is what happens. And then you have a couple of ribs gone as well. Did I read that right? Uh, they always just go in and out. So my ribs won't stay in. Interesting. So I probably wrote about that on a, yeah, on one of my blog posts. But so, I mean, I, the constant pain. You're my hero, Daniel. I mean, you just... Oh. You are. No. (laughs) And then, like, brain damage, like, what was... There are days when I stutter. Um, It's, uh, like I mentioned, you know, not not having short-term. That's not due to the surgery, right? That they... No. No, that was, you know, just to set a port so that I could receive the chemo and the red cell exchanges. It was too much for my veins. My veins, they've been accessed like so many years nonstop with maybe just like a Sunday off, Saturday and Sunday if I was lucky, that um, my veins have all, they start collapsing in my arms and feet. So they were using that as, you know, just a port to be accessed all the time. Um, But yeah, well, gosh, what was the question, Chris? (laughs) Oh, just, you had, didn't you, you said you, that they they, they wanted to give you brain surgery. Oh, that was for when they diagnosed me with pituitary Cushing's. Okay. Which, is which it was not an to, issue. No. I mean, it's just... No. So I never... I've... Like, the literally the only surgery I've ever had is the port placement, which is like a very mild surgery. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've never had to have any of those things. No, there's a form of, of Lyme disease called neuro-Lyme. Which that, is what I have. Yeah. Or had. Okay. So... You can speak more to that than... But it very heavily it affects your nervous system. Okay. And, okay. you know, in the spirochetes, they... Like like a corkscrew, they just burrow themselves into your brain. Right. Um, well, I would imagine even after just I mean all the years, your body is just yeah. you know kind of opened itself up to you know because your immune system just yeah. so sick of fighting. So. Yeah. So I actually my immune system because of all of this was so depleted and so shot that I would never get sick like a normal person. Wow. So if I like, I got sick as soon as we got here. I got really sick. And it was one of those things where we were like, oh, shoot. Like, I'm so sick. But it was like, praise God, I got sick. Like, a normal person. Like, that means that I'm, like, it's coming back. Because yeah, yeah. there was probably, like, 12 years where if I had anything, it was just a little flare-up of a sore throat. Like, everyone could get the flu or mm. strep or whatever. And I would never get anything. Because it was, I was, like, so shot that I couldn't get yeah. anything. That's so now, yeah, yeah, it's so backwards of what I thought. It was supposed to be like, and now I'm supposed to be treated more like a cancer patient mm-hmm. because I have so little of a functioning immune system. Like we're trying to build it back up. Yeah. That was what all those big IVs that my mom was flying to Hawaii to give us um, or to give me every month were. But you know, it's now I can because it's coming back. Like the the immune system is coming back, but very slowly. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to be very careful. I can just get anything. So it's hard to to stay away from. Yeah. It. Hard to know what to stay away from. So okay, your um your blog, 
mm. living it out. Is that sort of your your theme, your life theme? That's like I was seeing. Yeah. I also saw it pop up in in uh, beach in the sand as well a couple of times. Okay. As yeah. Well. Yes. So the kids would write "live it out." Mm-hmm. We had hashtag live it out I think written on the side of our RV didn't we yeah yeah so where did that come from what is that (laughs) it was something that I always had on my heart like I just feel like it's it's now become our family motto Mm -hmm. we had it above our front door in Bend Oregon I'd have to show you a picture of it Um, Corey designed it for me and it was kind of one of those things where you know you tap out like when football players are running you know out onto the field and they're tapping out like give it your all or whatever they whatever they tap out it was our it was our tap out moment and uh and just to, with whatever you've been given, um, to live it out to mm-hmm. its fullest. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, I've even caught myself since we've been here in this move. When the seizures started again after getting to Franklin, um, I kind of like, I quit unpacking. I quit trying to set life up here. And I was really convicted of, Danielle, why aren't you living it out? Mm-hmm. Like, you're here. You don't yeah. know if you have tomorrow. So you why set don't you yourself that up box? with that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was like, it was good. It was a good reminder to like remind Corey and the kids like, keep you pushing forward. And I had to apologize. I was like, you guys, I'm sorry. Like, I know this is what life looks like right now, yeah. but that doesn't mean that we give up. Mm-hmm. We live it out. Mm-hmm. Whatever that it is. I love that. So I want to get it above our front door again, but right now we're not tapping out to anything. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> um, but the kids have definitely owned it, like you said, Chris. Like they do, they write it in the sand, or they put it on a hashtag for an Instagram post, or I think we've all claimed it. Yeah, all five of us. Now. That's good. Yeah, I mean, but it's, I mean, if you're gonna have something, that's good. And it, the the fact that you have something like that 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 um, that's not the disease that brings mm-hmm. you guys together, that you can guys can stand yeah. for, you know, like there's there's a bit of a a brighter side to it, I yeah. guess for. I'm a very glass half full type of person. And so, and I'm thankful because I can't imagine if I was a glass half empty yeah. going through this. I think, you know, my outlook, yeah. I'd have to yeah. work harder yeah. to be happy. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, having hope and reminding, I don't know, I try to really like the minor things, the little things that can be like, hey guys, look, like, you're breathing today. Be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you the sun came out for five minutes. Be happy instead yeah, of you're not the on... person that I want to complain around about anything. Oh, <laughs> I, mean, I still get that. Like, I think it's given me more empathy for people. It's like, because from the outside, I mean, I don't necessarily look sick, uh-huh. and that's been the thing that's been like this common thread. People are like, you don't look sick, yeah. and it's helped me you know, realize everyone has their thing, mm-hmm. and I don't believe that my thing's any more than anyone else's. It's just you have to bear the burden of it being more of a hidden thing. Mm-hmm. So people still ask you to do something and kind of expect the yes mm-hmm. when you want to give it, but you know you can't. But then you feel like you need to justify it because, well, but you look fine. Yeah. You know, or I could probably pull that off. You know, and then Corey's sitting here, why did you say yes? You know, <laughs> like that was not your best yes today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think having the, you know, having live it out yeah. as kind of a family motto. I just, I want everyone to know the hope that we have. Mm-hmm. And and especially, you know, my husband and my kids, like just reminding them, recentering them, like this is what God promises and mm-hmm. this is what he gives us. And um, and when it is too much for us to walk through, he's going to carry us. So, okay, so that being said, how has your uh, like perspective on life, faith, 
like opposed to the person you were 20 years ago? Yeah, forever, yeah. <laughs> but don't uh, worry, don't worry, sister, we're all in it together. <laughs> I guess every year we're yeah. all in the same thing, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, how do you think, how has it flipped? Like, I mean, like, your, your, your spiritual life, your life perspective on life, like, I mean, obviously you yeah. probably take it more seriously now, but like, any lessons that, that poke out that you've learned along the way? If someone's listening and they're going through their it, like... Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, yeah, we've kind of touched on, we've touched on it, but um, I guess it's, you know, growing up in a Christian home and doing, you know, whatever the, the Christian ease, you know, the sayings, like, you know, when, when people are like, oh, you won't, God won't give you more than you can handle. It's, and it's also biblically inaccurate, yeah. but, uh, you know, or the, just the cliches and, um, I guess it's, for me, it's brought those to light a little more. Mm-hmm. And I really like growing up in a Christian house and going to, going to church and having to own your own faith has been, um, I've seen the fire. I guess we've had to, you know, walk through we've had to walk through some of the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's been good. It's been refining. I've had to like rely on God's promises and, and know like why he loves me and why he chose me. And, um, and there's times, you know, like just like even resting in, in his plans being so good for us because like if I had known that Lyme disease could be transmitted in utero we would have never had our kids Mm -hmm. I mean I I would have been like no we'll adopt there's so many kids that need adopted and Mm -hmm. or fostered or um but he knew those kids before they were in my womb Mm -hmm. and and they're they've enriched our lives so much and they're going to be world changers and I don't know. I guess I can say I stand on his truth more today than I ever have, but it's because I've had to, like, he's asking us, and I think he's asking everyone every day to walk something out. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be faithful to that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to stand before him someday and be like, well, you didn't do, like, you didn't really trust me. You didn't really fully surrender. You didn't. You've got binders of information. You can put it as feet and be like, (laughs) did it. (laughs) Yeah, I I want to, I just, you know, and I I don't want to be afraid to to talk about him and to Mm -hmm. share him. And Mm -hmm. I want, I literally want to have that passion like my kids do Mm -hmm. again. You know, and I think it's easy to get into like the humdrum of being just an adult. Of course. Period. Just being like, okay, we get up, we work, we do the dishes, we go to bed. Like, there's so much to live for yeah. and it's just a good reminder I guess I mean yeah I don't know what, what do you want to add I feel like you're looking into my soul Corey <laughs> <laughs> no I'm not I'm not looking into your soul I think um, from a husband's perspective of a spouse going through this <clears throat> um, uh, I would say I'm in a lot of ways very much the opposite of Danielle uh, unfortunately, it would probably be a lot better if I was m- more like her. I think the kids, I don't even remember what movie we saw it on, mm-hmm. but um, the kids recently said, you know, Danielle said she's a half glass full, and there was a line in the movie where somebody said, no, you know, I'm not half glass full, 
or half class empty that it's just the glass is always too big mm-hmm. um, interesting yeah. and the kid said oh dad that's just like you and I was like well you know that's I guess that's true you know it's not I I'm more I feel like I'm more of a realist when it comes to a lot of this this and honestly you know she walking through all this is probably more of an encourager to our family and our kids than I am mm-hmm. um, mostly because I think you know I, I look at I look at life thinking, well, you know, as a provider, it's, you know, I need to be making the money to pay the bills right, and, and having our family in a place that's financially stable. Just put the pressure and, on you quite and, a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, trying to alleviate things that so she can sleep in or she, you know, she can do the things that she needs to do to, to stay healthy or, yeah. you know, take care of the kids while she goes to appointment or, or things like that. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know, having, having somebody that's strong, whether that's your spouse that's the strong one or um, being the introvert that I am, you know, it, it's hard for me to find somebody outside of that, like a, a mentor or just, you know, somebody that you can confide in. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know there's people that we've talked to that are going through similar things that, that they have those, you know, guy friends that right. they can confide in or... Um, you know, I, I guess if, if you're a wife and your husband's going through something similar, you know, having that, that's not a gossip time, but just a time that you can, you know, let loose for a little of bit. Of course. Just, you know, whether that's, you know, go fishing or, or turn wrenches on an old truck or something like that, you know, that's a... Kill something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Something. I mean, even if it's, yeah, I mean... Um, shoot some skeet or you know whatever whatever it is um you know it's it's hard as a spouse to get away to go do that you Mm -hmm. feel guilty doing that and and i know danielle and i we both individually struggle with getting out and going and doing something that seems selfish Mm -hmm. but it's you know it, it can be an important time to refill because um you know i think it's easy to get bitter in situations like this yeah um you know, it's easy to, to read Job and just be like, man, you know, this guy, you know, some, he had everything fall out from underneath him. And, um, you know, he was, I don't know, it'd be interesting to know if Job was bitter mm-hmm. that wasn't necessarily talked about. Right. Because uh, I don't talk about my bitterness. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure from the outside, we look like we have a lot of it all together. Um no, but the reality yeah. is, I mean, like, and you can you know. see it in your eyes in the sense that, like, you've lived this story out, you're a little over it, you know what I mean? Sure. And, and so, like, whereas for me or anybody that's listening, it's, like, all new to us. Mm-hmm. So it's fresh, and it's like, oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. But for you guys, we're like, yeah, we're sick of saying jeez. <laughs> you know, like, we're yeah. sick of yeah. having to face this. Mm-hmm. And so I could, I totally get what you're saying, and just needing that. Mm-hmm. Just take a breath. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've, mm-hmm. I think we've both been thankful, you know, moving to a new place is always difficult, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, but we've been thankful just even the little street that we live on now. I mean, we have a pretty fantastic community of, of neighbors that, mm-hmm. you know, while our kids may not be the same ages and whatnot, I mean, it was an easy shoe in for, yeah. you know, just hanging out by a fire pit or, or having casual mm-hmm. dinners and, and things like nice. that. And it's, uh, it's been pretty cool to see even, even in our short time, uh, that, that we've had here and, um, you know, Nashville and Franklin, I think in general are an intimidating place to be, you know, everybody's, uh, 
everybody seems like they're big and they're doing <laughs> they're doing big it's things. All, it's very entrepreneurial. It is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's so it's a it's an intimidating place to step your foot into. And uh, it was funny the other day I was thinking back or I was listening to like kind of classic country songs. I found that on one of the radio stations and. <laughs> Uh, Alan Jackson's uh, little bitty song was on. I was like, mm. you know what? Maybe it's okay to be a little bitty here. Like you, f- you come here and you feel like, oh, I've got to meet this person. I've got to yeah. become friends with this family yeah. because it's so and so. Like, yeah. you know, they're they've got ten thousand followers on Instagram. Or they, you know, they run all these big conferences <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Um, but you know, maybe it's okay to. It is funny because be you're in here. you're in the marketing world, right? In, in Christian marketing, a little, is that a little bit? I mean, web development. Yeah, but. and so like it, a lot of probably what you're used to kind of like rubbing shoulders with is based a lot of it probably is based yeah. out of, oh, out of or at least mm-hmm. related to what's yeah. in Nashville. Some which mm-hmm. you're yeah, or people I know, people I do work for know people here yeah. that are, you know. How funny! Yeah, seem big in in a small circle. Yeah, I think that I think anybody that's new here. Um, I grew up in Mobile. Alabama, so seven out, six hours, seven hours south of here, and you think coming up here. I'm a musician. of that's what I do, and so like you come up here thinking everybody's a musician. You don't think that there's people that build buildings, and, okay. and so you're thinking everybody's famous and everybody writes songs, and yeah. Um, but actually, it's you know it's still very much the South, and that's what's great. It's like even though it's sort of like the South, New York, mm-hmm. it's um, everyone's so sweet. And, yeah, yeah. That, you know, the personality wise, it's easy mm-hmm. to, to meet people and connect and stuff. Mm-hmm. So of all the p- places you picked, I mean, we picked, you guys a, good picked a good spot, yeah. Yeah. even if it is for a short period of time, mm-hmm. or however long you guys are going to be here. Yeah, yeah, it's a good spot. I think the the one thing that I did want to um, want to share, you know, before we left was. That uh, as much as this has affected me, it has equally affected Corey and mm-hmm. the kids mm-hmm. and my parents who've had to live with it for so long and now his parents who have to watch, mm-hmm. you know, the ones they love most go through it. And um, I get emotional about it because I, I mean, I love my husband and my kids mm-hmm. so cotton picking much. And, um, but like Corey has had to wear the absolute weight of the world on those shoulders for mm-hmm. so long it's it's all he's known of me and um and i'm just so thankful mm-hmm. so i just i want the world to know that because i mean i think you know when people are like but why do you have so much joy it's like i mean look at who i have standing beside me mm-hmm. and i have these three kids who they know and they have to see me at my worst and they, they see it all. I mean, they see, you know, when my, I mean, I hardly have any hair to cover up my scalp. And so, you know, there's, there's certain days where I'll put in this cheap set of clip-in extensions and I'm like, because it helps me feel more like a girl. Mm-hmm. But we have those down-to-earth talks about this is not where true beauty comes from, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and being able to have those frank conversations and Corey having to, you know, I wrote recently in my blog, like, he had, you know, I, I, am frustrated or angry I can't remember which I said and I vacillate between both (laughs) like what I look like like the person I am that he has to go to bed with and then the person that he and the kids have to wake up without Mm -hmm. because by the time I finally fall asleep if I do it's like six or seven in the morning and then I'm in bed until 10 or 11 which you know so so that I can get some sleep and uh, but he has had to be super mom super dad super everything and he's he says he's a 
you know, the glass is too big or a glass half empty type of guy, but which I think, you know, he comes more naturally to that just in his personality. But the truth is he very rarely complains, if ever, about the work he has to do and the money he has to make to keep us going. And, you know, if, if ever, it's just, I just, I'm not enough, yeah. you know? Well, what's impressive is that you decided to take on business on your own and figure mm-hmm. that out in the middle of it all. I mean, like, that's... Yeah, I mean, that, that's, you know, that's a pretty crazy story in and of itself. And, I mean, honestly, it's a God thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I take it on a lot myself, but at the same time, you know, from the get-go, God's brought clients. Um, I'm a horrible marketer. No, okay, he's not. He's getting better. I'm, I'm terrible at marketing for myself. <laughs> I'll put it that way. It doesn't come yeah. naturally to it's, you, but that, you've got well, it. It comes naturally to anybody. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, at, at every turn when I'm ready to throw the towel in, you know, another client comes or, you know, or some, something, and, and next thing I know, I'm trying to figure out how to, to do the work that I have. Um, Seth Godin, you're reading a lot of Seth Godin? I, you know, I, I went through a big Seth Godin I hate him because he makes me feel so natural. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you can write a blog post with two paragraphs and get It'd so much so across. Much. Yeah. But, um, <coughs> excuse me, it, um, uh, I'm not even sure where I was going with that, but the clients um, coming out of nowhere and God providing. He, he has provided. Like, yeah. I mean, we're at that point again where it's like, okay, Lord, where's the work going to come from? And without fail, every single time he he brings it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I've always said God's my PR person because there's been a lot of, like, there's been a lot of days, months, yeah. years where I just look back and go, there's no way this could have happened without the Lord kind yeah. of going, mm-hmm. let me put this piece here, this piece here. And yeah, and when it comes down to it, I mean, I'm, I'm not a good like business person when yeah. it comes to like books and all that stuff. I mean, I I probably haven't reconciled my books since the turn of the year, honestly. Yeah. And I and I only did. But you will. You'll just I do will. it in the rear. And I only did. You know, I finished out the last <laughs> quarter so that I could get my taxes off. Yeah. To my tax lady who's super gracious with me because you know. It's well, just what like, that boils down to is that we don't um, give off the smaller tasks that we should to the people yeah. who are good at them mm-hmm. because. He's amazing at what he does, and people love the tedious work that he does, yeah. but he doesn't have to be his own bookkeeper. Like, we have to slowly let go of those things, but right. then it comes down to, yeah. like, well, but then I don't have to pay for that. And, you know, you try to, we're always trying to balance, like, But, life. you know, I, I think when it comes down to it, you know, when, when Danielle was talking about, um, you know, I mean, just even the fact that, that we're still together and, and people ask her, you know, what doctors and other people have said, you know, how, how are you guys still married through all this? Because, you know, the majority of people don't, whatever disease it is, you know, I mean, I just read, read an article about a lady in Australia who, you know, they, they sold everything. They moved to a certain part of Australia to get treatment and, uh, you know, things weren't looking good. Her and her husband got divorced and that now, you know, 20 months later, she's cancer free and, you know, Mm -hmm. now everything's broken in her family and, um, you know, and I, I, again, I can really only attribute it to God. I mean, I, I know there's times with both of us for Danielle and I where, you know, we, we question, you know, like, why are we, you know, I mean, and we've even told ourselves, like, I mean, I've told Danielle, you could probably find a better husband than me, mm-hmm. you know, right now, because I'm not handling what we're going through well at all. Yeah. And, you know, she would say the same thing back to me, um, 
but uh, you know, I mean, we we both grew up with um, a guy in church, and his wife had Lou Gehrig's disease, and mm-hmm. I mean, man, I watched I watched them stay together for what, ten years until finally it seemed like even longer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it could have been longer. I mean, and and he would he would wheel her into church. I mean, she she couldn't talk. She couldn't. I mean, yeah. she had all the you know all the latest technology like you'd see um you know the the scientist guy you know to be able to like talk with her eyes on her computer kind of thing and um, but the way that they looked at each other mm-hmm. and until she died you know it was and, beautiful. and it was it was uh so i don't know maybe that's always stuck with me you know i mean because we, we live in a society where you know promises mean very little yeah. commitment means very little well and even maybe, when things are good mm-hmm. people don't stay together yeah. so why stay together when yeah. things are and it, you know it's it, it goes from it goes from work I mean we all grew up with our parents working and grandparents working like essentially the same job you know from the time they started and they worked up in the same company until mm-hmm. they and were, lived in the same houses and lived in the same houses and you know our generation I mean I don't know how many different houses we've lived in I mean a lot yeah and that's not that's not a lack of a commitment thing necessarily but um, you know, it's just, it is rare these days mm-hmm. to see that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, my dad was at the same company for 30 something years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't see that much anymore. Yeah. I mean, my dad retired with the forest service and he still contracts with the forest mm-hmm. service. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, that's the, I, I don't know, but you know, me, I've bounced between three different, four different jobs over the, you, know, you have to feel more like stepping time. stones and, these yeah. days and uh-huh. where, I don't know. I feel like in past generations it wasn't like that, but yeah. for and our marriage, marriage it's stepping not stone. a stepping stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, we like set that together almost. That was good. <laughs> and we're hoping to prove that also to our kids. You yeah. know, you talked about things lasting for generations, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I I would hope that even through this, that that would be something that the kids would of course that carry it with them. Yeah, know that you know marriages can last through pretty tough things yeah because mm-hmm. we've been through the financial side of it. we've been through the health I mean we've been through and we're still going through both sides through, of it. yeah <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I mean you're you're essentially proof of something supernatural you know of God or you know, I mean it's just mm-hmm. because like I said like if it's good people don't stick don't mm-hmm. stick around anymore mm-hmm. and so you guys have all the reason to just give up and we're both Firstborns, I'm really stubborn. You're yeah, right, right. Really stubborn. So <laughs> I mean, we also have that going. That's us. a disease in itself. <laughs> we can do it. Anyone can do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, what do you guys like? What's pressing now? Like, what's happening? Where are you guys at? What do you? What it need wise? And I know you have a fundraiser, uh, or 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 at least. Yeah, it's it's old. Yeah. <laughs> it's been. A, is it still and... open? Like, is I... it still open? Ugh, or I think it closed down after yeah. a while. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't know. I think it's open. Um, my sister had started it at one point, and then had two more babies since, and so you know it hasn't. Because there's still no there. insurance. It's just fundraising yourself now, right? Yeah, we yeah. still just have the the same medical share plan, but it doesn't cover. So I think like we. I don't know if Corey said it or the kids said it or if I just thought this, but I'm kind of like a ticking time bomb mm-hmm. right now. We, we're still, I am ready to be healed. I'm asking, we're asking the Lord to heal me. Um, if he uses doctors to do that, medicine to do it, or if he does it himself, like mm-hmm. we don't know what that's going to look like or you know how that's going to happen. We hope it is, but um, 
I need to get back to Mexico Mm -hmm. and then we need to be able to jump on treating the kids. Mm -hmm. And so we don't know how long I'll have to go to Mexico again. We're really hoping not the full six weeks. Um, But yeah, so there's, you know, it's going to be a lot of funds in the process uh, that we have to save up for or raise. And then um, we don't know how long I can live here. We Mm -hmm. don't know if we can stay. We don't know. We'd like to give it a go and stay. Like Mm -hmm. that was our, our hope. Um, it you know we could live somewhere we could live in Hawaii part of the year and here part of the year um, it's again it's you know unfortunately it kind of comes down to money for us it's like course, how yeah. do we float the boat so to speak in Hawaii and then here and um, yeah I don't know I tell people I'm like I'm really glad that God's so big because he really has his hands full of us like this is this is a big mess is what it feels like yeah. you know but yeah we need to I need more treatment in Mexico is the short of it and then I'm hoping we can get on with the kids before they graduate high mm-hmm. school and because that's coming up soon hmm. everyone said it would go fast yes, but tell me about it <laughs> so seizures have they calmed down or is it we've had a week and a half with okay. no seizures, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was at a point when, uh, man, back in March, they were getting so bad with the cold that, I mean, I put Danielle and the two big kids on a flight to Hawaii. I mean, it was like, oh wow, you're leaving in three days, wow. you know, kind of thing, or mm-hmm. two days or whatever, and they were there for 10 days, 14 days, something like that. Uh, and again, you know, everything was better, and then, you know, I mean, within mm-hmm. within a week of being back here, in the cold weather, seizures were back. And, um, I, you know, like I said earlier, a lot of it is so, it's experimental even with us. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been like, is it cold or is it, you know, dry or humid? And it seems mm-hmm. to be cold on set, um, you know, and, and I had mentioned earlier, we it was, you know, 75, 80 and things were going good. And then we had that weird two days of 40 degree weather. Oh, yeah. And I mean, just like that, it was back again and then gone again <clears throat> as the weather warmed up. Yeah. So. so we don't really know like mm-hmm. what from here. I mean, the doctor has warned me. He said that my pain tolerance is really high. He's like, don't take pride in that. It's not something to mess around with. Yeah. He's like, at some point, this yeah, you know, you it can be it, too much right? for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can die. And so, um, yeah, we're it's like trying to be smart on like, well, what does that look like? And how... Because I don't take pride in the high pain tolerance. I, it, it gets the best of me and yeah, it does. takes me out. I mean, I end up having seizures and being unconscious. And so there is a point of it being too much, but there's nothing I can take or do aside from not being in the cold that seems to help it. Mm-hmm. It's like, even if I bundle up, I was talking to Corey about this just the other day, because he's always like, bundle up, like put something more on, you know, and um, I mean, we have all the layers, we have all the stuff, you yeah. know, from living in a cold climate for so long. So, but it's not that it's like, it gets into my bones. It's like a cold that I can't really explain. And I was talking to another uh, lady who has Lyme and Babesia that lives here. Um, and she was telling me the same thing. She's like, look at us. We're the only two people out here without this giant parka on. She's like, we both know it doesn't matter. She's like, but my acupuncturist wants me to, you know, be bundled up. And I'm like, I know. And I was just telling my husband the same thing. Yeah, you probably have a sensitivity to um, 
knowing what what a what the body needs and doesn't need or, or how to fit you know, how it uh, adapts to climate like the rest of us don't like you have more of an appreciation opposed yeah. to where like you yeah. know what I mean like I know that you feel it more I yeah, don't right. know or you're just you know again you're aware you're the very aware yeah. of it and I I mean I still bundle up don't get me wrong of course. And I'm the last person that's going to try to be foolish or mess around with this like I don't want my husband or my kids or anyone to see it and experience you know what it goes through and I certainly don't want to um but it's so we just don't know how how long can we stay like what what's it gonna look like and so we're constantly we're looking in Hawaii trying to figure out you know are we gonna have to leave next fall can we like stay here through summer and then it's like almost living two lives you know yeah. I mean it's, yeah it's so a you're just kind of culture. going <laughs> you're still kind of um I mean you're you're here you're physically but, you were here yeah but the journey's still not over yet. You know? Yeah, and it makes it hard to, you're like, well, I mean, do we even unpack the rest of our suitcases yeah. and our totes? Do we, mm-hmm. um, do we, we really try and like settle down? <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> you know, do you, do you try and like, <clears throat> you know, make community and, and form all, you know, try and actually get your life, you know, kind of back to normal to get the kids into sports and, and find things that you love to do around here? Is it even worth that? Have you tried not to? Uh, ever before has um, it been hard like have you tried to just sort of I can't try not to yeah. I think I have that face where like people come up to me and they just want to share their life story with me yeah. and so I, <laughs> I and I kind of like yeah. love it because she wants like, to friends hear happen yeah. to me and I'm just like oh I, I don't know I love hearing mm-hmm. about people's struggles or victories and just doing life with people I would say Corey can do that more easily right the like not make an effort to make friends. I don't even have to make an effort. Like, I I just, I love being around people, and it, it's no effort for me, and I know that, I guess I can speak for the kids who aren't here right now. They, our big kids haven't mentioned, like, I just, I don't know if I want to invest here, Mom. Like, it's yeah. so much work, and then mm-hmm. to just have to leave it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I know that. You can speak for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm an introvert, and, and, all my work is on a computer and you know I mean Danielle and the kids kind of have to push me out of the house because I could just we sit on, on my computer and work yeah. and then close my <laughs> laptop and work around the house and I'd be fine not talking to people most mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. Um, we're so. definitely a balancing act <laughs> so he keeps me home a little bit more and then I get him out a little bit more and but yeah it is hard to know like how deep do you invest? And I guess that's where we go back to our family motto of mm-hmm. live it out. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Does that look like keeping, you know, keeping to ourselves? Right. Well, probably not entirely. Right. Because community is such a healthy thing. And so you don't want to like, just even though it's emotional to right. have to move back and forth, you don't want to be lonely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's overwhelming. Like the kids were like, mom, just getting to know people. Like everyone wants to know, like, where'd you move from? And then you say Hawaii. And then, well, why? Why'd you come here? And then it yeah. starts the whole giant story, like we just covered with you, they have to right? Relive it over and over. Yeah, now. and they're like, we're tired of reliving it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not that they don't want to own it necessarily, although I'm sure there's days that they have, yeah. like me, where you're like, eh, I'm over it. It's kind of like you, like, can't we just go ride bikes, you know, and just yeah. escape for a little bit? And, yeah. and their hearts are still in Hawaii, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. I think we would all say that to a point. We did. We weren't looking to leave. Yeah. We knew that. 
you know, financially, we needed to be wise yeah. and needed to go. Um, but maybe God's doing a work on that financial front for us here, and we don't have to be currently living here either. A couple Airbnbs. Right. Go back to Hawaii. So we're just trying to like walk this out and be faithful to where we know he's called us for the time being, but we don't know for how long or mm. yeah or what's next. And I'm really good being like, I'm along for the ride. I've become very spontaneous yeah. and Corey's much better at planning than me. So I can only imagine that that's like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? He's probably going crazy in his head. And he's like, great. And now my wife's just like, great, let's just, whatever, fly by the seat of our pants. Everything seems so easy. Yeah. When I say it. Yeah. But I don't have to make the house payment and I don't have to pay for the food or the clothes or, yeah. So if you had an ask for people or like if people could help or, I mean, is there anything, any request or... I mean, is there any way people can help, or is it just kind of pray? pray? We have a really hard time asking for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that, I don't know, we like to help people. Mm-hmm. It's asking for help. I don't know, I'm like, is that a pride issue? Mm-hmm. Um, we need a lot of prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need a lot of prayer. And if, you know, if we're not, if someone put, if God put helping us with uh, tangible means on their hearts, we're not going to turn it down. Yeah, of course. Um, but he has provided for us, whether it's more clients for Corey or whatever. I, I can say, I rest fully assured that he will see us through this. Mm-hmm. So I would say prayer Yeah. and then where God prompts, yeah. follow through. Yeah. And the same for us. Like we need wisdom. We yeah. need prayer for wisdom. Cause everything's still fresh. Like even like, you know, even for me, like us talking about it, it's like, it sounds like it was a story that you guys lived ED, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you're living, like the transfusions are still just a year old and you've got to do another, mm-hmm. another, you know Four what I mean? It's five, all six, still very seven. fresh and you yeah. just went to Hawaii again to get out of the climate mm-hmm. a month yeah. ago. You yeah. know, so it's not like all this stuff happened six years ago and mm-hmm. you're on the back end. It's like you're very much in the middle of it still. Yeah. You know, people have been asking, <clears throat> they, they will say, are you looking forward to better? Can you not wait to get back to normal? And you don't even know what that is. I have no clue what normal. This is my normal. This is yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Now, do I want this to be my normal? No. But I have no clue what it would look like. So, and for me, I know that better. I can only. I know that better is better, right? (laughs) So, I am hopeful for the better and whatever that would look like. Now, how do you feel about better? I don't know. We had this conversation uh, before we went to Mexico because, you know, going there, you know, you're very hopeful and, and, uh, you know, I know that a lot of good was done, but we're like, you know, what, what does, what, what does our changed normal look like if, if, if all of a sudden, you know, you can be up at eight in the morning with the kids and, you know, we don't have to worry about overheating or you don't have to worry about you know, this or that, or we can go out and do things like, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah. what, like that was almost scarier. Yeah. That's what you said. You yeah. said, I'm afraid of better. Yeah. He like, said, because this, he's like, I know how to manage uh-huh. where we're at. Yeah. yeah. We've lived this way for so long. Like <clears> we know what day in and day out is. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the uh, hardest thing that I think I've heard Corey say. Like I, I didn't take it personally. It just, it hurt to yeah. my core mm-hmm. for yeah. him and the kids. 
and for me, I guess, if I'm honest, because I do, I want better, but it is scary because you don't know, like, what's that going to look like? Yeah. And I think, you know, especially in this day and age with with social media, you you can build yourself an idea of what you think better might be. Mm -hmm. Um, And... uh, and so then, you know, you have to be careful not to start saying, well, that that, looks that would be better. Mm. And, you know, I'm sure that's what a lot of couples fall into. Like, you know, with that lady I was talking about who, you know, ended up divorcing her husband and then being cured of cancer. I mean, we, we met an awesome couple in Hawaii that, you know, uh, she had breast cancer and, uh, you know, he was a, uh, like a Navy SEAL or in, in the Navy. And, you know, I mean, they, they went through the ringer. Uh, had you know have young kids and everything and they're still together and um, mm-hmm. you know and uh, I don't know I don't know that we had that conversation we, we should have had that conversation ask them about you know yeah. about their fear of, of better but you know I know that they still deal with lasting mm-hmm. effects of, of the cancer and, and all that too so mm-hmm. um, yeah it's better's a better's an interesting uh, an interesting thing because maybe you know maybe you're not supposed to be looking for better right you know maybe you're supposed to just be looking content. for mm-hmm. yeah, I mean you guys have gone through the most epic content or less <laughs> on contentment I mean of anybody I know you yeah. know just learning to rest in the middle of it and I and I think even it, it gets to a point especially after so long where you start looking at Paul and how he said you know he prayed three times and for healing and you know I, I don't know I don't know if the Bible says that he actually stopped asking. I'm sure he still at times asked in desperations. Yeah. Um, so I don't know maybe what the difference between his, his three requests were as compared to other requests. But um, you know, I was I was telling somebody at a Bible study the other day. He was asking about our situation. You know, and I said, I said honestly, like I I don't know the last time that I like really honestly seeked out like full healing. Because mm-hmm. we've been going through this for so long, mm-hmm. I I almost am just <laughs> asking for help to make it through another day yeah, yeah. for yeah. all of us, as opposed to it's almost hard to see the healing mm-hmm. and more just hey, just get us through, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, help us sustain or pay the bill today. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You see the mm-hmm. you see more the the short term, and I'm I'm definitely more of like a short term. Yeah. yeah. You know what's the short-term solution for something? Yeah. Um, and and not that I'm giving up on healing. It's just, I mean, we've we've asked, way. we've had I don't know how many other you know, countless number of people asking. You know, I know my parents and her parents ask daily. You know, they're all. I mean, they they tell us that they're you know, mm-hmm. daily seeking for healing. And you know, at some point, I you know, and then and I'm not saying I'm giving up on God or anything. I'm just. You know, I don't know. I, maybe there's a better place for us to yeah. focus our prayers and our, our time on. And Interesting, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Because you, you, you know, it's that, that you read about, like, ask, believe that you mm-hmm. receive it. Mm-hmm. And God will hear prayers. And, but at the same time, they, it doesn't always work that way. Yeah. You know, and so, like, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But I yeah. know one day. One day oh, I will be exactly, pain free yeah. and I will be healed and and there won't be any pain in yeah. heaven. And so, I mean, I've I've written all the letters. I've done all the, you know, when they give you months to live, you you do all that stuff. 
Which, how many times has that been to That was how you were first I've given months twice, been given months twice, and then a doctor said, you don't have weeks to live the third time. So whether that was, like, uh, a hardcore, you know, number or not, um, but it was, the third time was very desperate and yeah. short if I didn't get help. But, um, and you know, it, it's kind of a gift. Like, isn't there, there's a country song about that too. Oh, of course. Like, yeah. you know, give a time, not, like, you know, like go round the bowl and go, <laughs> go do the skydiving. And I don't remember who wrote that, but, um, you know, you, like I've, I've written down like things that I want. I want my son to know open doors for girls and, and those simple things and things that I want, you know, Corey, as he's walking our girls down the aisle, if I'm not there, like, those desires, those dreams of a mama's heart. And um, and I just, I want to be here. I don't feel like I'm done. But at the same time, I know that his healing can come through through so many. It can look so many different ways. We have friends who just lost their six-year-old to a three-year battle of mm-hmm. uh, stage four neuroblastoma. And she's healed. And she is in her Savior's arms. And, and she's without pain. And the pain left for the people here, you know, mm-hmm. is that's the hardest part now. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we still walk that battle with them. But sometimes, I mean, I can't tell you that I haven't thought, Lord, just take me home. Mm-hmm. That would be so much better right now. Yeah. And and not just for me, for everyone. Like, I don't, I say that and it kind of sounds selfish. It's like, I just want to be out of the pain, but I want to leave the painful pieces with mm-hmm. these guys. And I don't want that. Yeah. And I think that's another probably a valid point that we didn't really touch on too is that um you know while this disease isn't necessarily deadly like cancer is um the hopelessness and the um you know doctors writing people off and and all that often ends up leading to suicide Mm -hmm. uh, in in one form or another for this and so um you know i know that's a battle that daniel's you know, as far as depression goes, I don't, I don't, you know, she hasn't really had like suicidal thoughts, but you know, like she said, you know, probably be easier for everybody if I just wasn't here. And right. I think that's a, a common thing for a lot of people because they just end up feeling hopeless yeah. uh, at the end of this. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I, I know there's, there's a, a pastor and his wife here who are struggling with it, you know, and she's, she's focused her efforts into, you know, a kind of an online company that encourages people and helps people encourage others through it and you know so I I think uh, you know finding a way to to harness that you know and give purpose and reason behind it which you know Danielle's done and and some of the other people I mean she's gotten to know somebody in in Washington who's started like a a nonprofit and does you know walks and raises money and and gives that money to people to help with their treatments Mm -hmm. and you know that's uh, that's given purpose behind it, mm-hmm. uh, where a lot of people we all need a purpose. Yeah, and and there's a lot of. I mean, Danielle's been contacted just through her blog and through other people, like you know, people saying they need to reach out to Danielle, and she's had a lot of tough conversations with people who are in, in deep dark places, yeah, yeah. only because of you know Lyme and and and, and I the, haven't the had to go to those mm-hmm. deep dark places. Like I just haven't struggled with that, but to see these people who I mean they're on the brink of ending their lives mm-hmm. and you know and and for the most part the people that have been like that they haven't known the lord mm-hmm. and so they haven't had that hope yeah, they that. need you know they need they need to have some hope somewhere yeah. and uh 
Yeah, there's a lot of people really, really struggling. And, you know, the more celebrities that are diagnosed with it and that come out and talk about it and stuff, I mean, that's helping spread awareness. It's, we just need, we need a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of help for a lot of people. Yeah. Oils? My heart's heavy for Are heavy. you doing oils as well? I, I asked because I have a friend of mine that had limes, and yeah. she, like, they went deep into the oil thing mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And, and uh, I've done, like, I've done the lime oil protocol four times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it hasn't, it doesn't take it away from mm-hmm. me, but mm-hmm. I can't help but think that, I mean, everything you do has to help some. Right, right, of course. So, I mean, everything you do intelligently <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> within, um, within means, but. Sorry, that jumped in my head when you were talking, but mm-hmm. not to sidestep what you just talked about. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's weird, the depression thing, I come from a family of, who've dealt with that. I've dealt with it. Um, uh, my mom, uh, had, uh has had a long life dealing with it and you know it's one of those things where um i don't know that we're supposed to live without it i almost feel like life is is supposed to be that Mm -hmm. whole thing Mm -hmm. but then when you're in the middle of something like this Mm -hmm. i was just thinking of i can't help it you're living it out thing you know the effect that you're having on people is tremendous you know and Mm -hmm. you're you're god how god is using this to help people in ways that had you not had this thing I hope so. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the fact that you're able to talk to people who, yeah. who are, are not believers. And it's not just the people who are sick. It's the spouses dealing mm-hmm. with the depression or the anxiety. You know, I've had doctors like me being the sick one, um, you know, say, well, you're dealing with depression. I'm like, only because you gave me months to live. And I'm also dealing with the anxiety because <gasps> yeah, you gave like, me months to live. And so, yeah, maybe I, maybe I am a little bit. But I mean, I can't help but think it's because for so long you were saying, there's nothing wrong with you. It's all in your head. You have this. You have that. I'm going to take those diagnoses away. It's like... That's an emotional roller coaster. Of course, yeah. And then there's permanent damage that gets done with those things. I mean, you know, there are people who are taking their lives. And, I mean, you tell someone that they're crazy long enough, they start to become crazy, mm-hmm. I feel like. And you tell someone, you know, that they have months to live and cause them to go into this depression and then and then get anxious. And then what are, what are the remnants of, like, the family that's standing behind that person mm-hmm. supposed to feel? Like... It can be devastating. It you know goes back to the power of our words, <laughs> the tongue. Yeah. The tongue is a two-edged sword, and it can bring life or death. It's almost like doctors also, you know, they already what they learn, what they do is already amazing, but they also feel like need another like semester of people skills. Yeah, bedside manners would be great. Diet, diet as well, <laughs> right? Because you know, yeah. like doctors don't have any skill on like how that affects our bodies. You know, it's typically just pharmaceutical and well, we know this is broken and so we'll treat it right. like this. I got so tired of the, the constant bandaging. Bandage, bandage one thing that gives right. other side effects that you then bandage and you're layering and, you know, and not to say there's not a need for those medicines because there, there are right. at times. Mm-hmm. But, but it, it does needs to not like be given so loosely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, why did we layer those 10 different things on top when what I really needed was... <laughs> someone to test me properly and really want to help me with like, like you're saying nutrition and you know, maybe I still needed some of the antibiotics, but not as freely as they were, Mm -hmm. as they were given and not like, well, let's try this for two months. It's like, we don't try those things. Like you need to have a a real good solid game plan first. So, and part of that falls back on me. Like I was given time to live. I took things that I probably shouldn't have taken out of pure fear where I should have stepped back and really thought about it and prayed about it and done my research instead of two and three year old at home and you know people I want to be here with and 
raise and a husband I love. And so, yeah, okay, I'll swallow those things. Like, that I have to take credit for. Yeah. So um, there are things I would do differently now, but we are where we are. Mm. And by God's grace, we're, we're still barely holding it together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're having fun and laughing as much as we can along the way. So I think that, that helps too. Well, just in wrapping up, um, when, when Joy first mentioned you, um, she was telling me about your story, and then she's like, I just think she's so beautiful, and she's Aww. so sweet, too. <laughs> and um, and I agree. And, I mean, Danielle, I just think, you know, I think, um, you know, in our Western world, we, we're, we're kind of lazy, and we want life to just fall in our lap, and, mm-hmm. and we don't find out about our body like you were talking about a while ago and, and, and seek to discover, like, how this works and how do mm-hmm. we, you know... And I just think like this is like listening to you talk. I can't help but think the thing that went through my head a while ago is you're the best of us. Like you're the one like who didn't just fall back. Go, I'm done. I quit. It's mm-hmm. not easy. And you've leaned into it. And so and I know, you know I don't I don't know what you feel like. I don't know. I've not walked that road. But like listen outside in just meeting you guys and listening like your character and your you know your will to fight. Like I just. I applaud you. Like, mm-hmm. I think God is, is doing, has done, and is doing some really great things in you and your character. And it's inspiring in, in the way that you have stood and, and the way that you've come with your notes. So, <laughs> Which like, I didn't really use. Like, literally, my one stat. You literally <laughs> could have a degree after, um, you know, because you're not just, you're not just going, tell me what's wrong and, and whatever. The way you've really, like, stood up to it and try to figure things out and, and yeah. learn and educate yourself. I just... Well, I'm super you. inspired and Those are you. way nicer words than I deserved. No, I mean, I'm I serious. Want to, I want to fight for everyone out there. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it might be too late for me. We don't know. Um, but it's not too late for everyone. I just know there's going to be a breakthrough. I know that there's going to be, you know, that they're going to keep refining the treatments in Mexico and they're going to hopefully come to the U.S. And there's going to be hope, like real, you know, also medical hope and mm-hmm. not just hope aside from Jesus. Like, yeah. Uh, where our main hope, our sole hope is, I guess there's going to be, he's going to use the medical community right. and, and there will be a cure for Babesia. Mm-hmm. And um, I and won't that, stop. That's kind <laughs> of one of, I mean, when we were talking last week, and that's kind of one of the things that the podcast like, is that Christians are really bad about going, well, we'll believe in Jesus and that's our hope. And then we just kind of, well, we just, that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and then, but actually taking action and trying to figure things out and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, bring about heaven on earth now, you know, mm-hmm. and, and God has had to put you through hell for you to fight for heaven on earth. And I mean, I just, mm. I'm inspired by you. Like, I mean, I think you're, you guys both are awesome and well, thanks. you're a snapshot. <laughs> I, I mean, I, seriously, I, I know you guys are living life and it's not easy and you guys have your arguments and you have your days and you yeah. deal with kids and all that stuff, but for those of us who were just seeing the surface and how you guys are walking it out and how you guys have stayed together and it's pretty remarkable and so it's I, worth it i applaud you guys it's worth it yeah mm-hmm. we uh no thank you thank yeah. you for having me for Absolutely. having us and mm-hmm. and for seeing value and worth in our story because we are really just two average joes trying to be healthy mm-hmm. and live longer and raise our family and love each other and love others well and so we do you just, have places on social media that people can connect with you or if they want to reach out or is it do you have anything i mean we're both on 
Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, my blog, beautifulness.com. Which is beautiful. It's beauty and then full, F-U-L-L, yeah. and then mess.com. Okay. And yeah. then like your handles, like Twitter like or whatever, and Facebook, do you know what those are? I think it's just, I'm Danny Pratt, D-A-N-I Pratt. I don't have a beautiful mess one. Yeah, I... And very rarely on Facebook, so <laughs> you're always on the computer. So. Yeah, I don't even, uh, I don't even know what what I would be on no, Facebook, that's but <laughs> yeah. That's so Instagram, I'm Danny Pratt, and then uh, Facebook, Danielle Pratt. Yeah. So I think that there's also a beautiful mess on Facebook. Okay. I'm just I've not been very faithful or good about being consistently writing and updating people. Life's been a little crazy lately, no. so uh, I know, but I, I need to be better about it because there are a lot of people who care and they're like wait are you still with us I'm like, yes yes i'm here I will your post. blog is beautiful so, i mean like when you do write and when you do post i mean it's it's you have a lot to say it's really good i just need to like break it down like my head Corey keeps you know encouraging me just a couple a paragraph, a paragraph here there. Just, <laughs> do it. i mean going back to seth godin i said listen seth godin writes a paragraph or two and says more in that than you, you don't you know, need a thousand words. Okay, you so but it's hard. It's hold hard. the horses. I think the hardest part for me is that, like, you know, lots of times you have someone, when you're the sick one, not always, but lots of times you have someone, like, advocating for you or, like, I'm not that I want my kids to be sick, but if, like, they were sick, like, I would be advocating for them right, right, and, right. and writing for them. It's hard when it's them. you. And when mm-hmm. it's me, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't even, I can't even get out of bed some days, right, right? right? You know, whatever it might be. And then you try to... The give the best I have to my mm-hmm. family and like when it comes down to the end of the night there's nothing left yeah and, and at so the end of the day that's been hard <laughs> God willing it would be awesome if you could change the entire world and, and change the trajectory <laughs> and Lyme disease right? right but at the end of the day you're only responsible for what you know really and your yeah. your, your husband your kids and yourself yeah. and you know like outside of that you know at this point you know there's and then the people around you that God puts in your path like yeah that's the thing is that the social media and the internet's made the world smaller in our heads, and so mm-hmm. we think we've got to reach eight million people, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. individually, but it's not really. It's There's real normal stuff that goes on too. <laughs> <laughs> there are dishes that like have to be done. Like cleaning the toilets. Yeah. Yes. And all that stuff. Laundry yeah. doesn't wash itself. Well, guys, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. This has been fun. I, I hate. I, I hate that I took up so much of your time. But... No, it was good. Well, there it is. Danny Pratt and Corey Pratt. What'd you think? Beautiful people, right? I love their faith. Uh, if you want to follow Danny online, you can find her on Instagram at Danny Pratt. That's D A N I P R A T T. Follow their journey. Uh, you can also find her blog on beautyful, F U L L M E S S dot com. Every once in a while, she'll post a blog to talk about the journey, what they're learning, what they're going through, to give you an update. It got a little cold here in Middle Tennessee, and the seizures began again, so they moved back to Hawaii for the cold season, and they'll come back, I'm sure, as things warm up. So keep them in your prayers. Reach out to her. Let her know how her story has helped you, inspired you, what you've learned from it, and maybe if you want to reach out to them and help them. Again, they have no insurance. So if you want to help them, if you want to bless them, by all means, go for it. Be that person. Um, Also, I'd love to hear from you. If you got something out of it, please reach out to me on Instagram, uh, Facebook. I am Chris Lockwood because I am. And uh, on Twitter, I am Clockwood, C-L-O-C-K-W-O-O-D. So yeah, so that's it for now. I'll be back next month with a new episode. Spread the word. Share it with your friends. 
add Chris Lockwood Podcast to your playlist on Spotify, Apple Music. Share it on social media. Get the word out if you feel like someone needs to hear it or if it was beneficial to you and you think it would be beneficial to someone else, please share it with them. So God bless you. It's been good to be in your ears for this short period of time. You are blessed and highly favored, my friends. Walk in that with confidence. Talk to you soon.